Welcome to the Khmer Healing Podcast. Today I'm talking about the experience of not being able to access your emotions. The experience of knowing that there's emotions there, but just not being able to feel them deeply enough to either A, understand what they are, or be able to name them, B, not being able to interpret at all what that emotion or sense is and see not being able to release the emotion itself. And believe it or not, this is quite common. It's really common, especially if you've experienced trauma, especially if it's been quite extreme levels of trauma as a child or it's been sustained throughout your life and you've experienced it inherently in your identity where perhaps emotions have never been safe for you to express or whenever you did express an emotion there was a punishment or a consequence or maybe you have expressed emotion and when you did you were not really met the way that you needed to be you were not held through that emotional expression in the way that you needed Maybe you began to distort the way you express your emotions. So when you are really feeling angry, instead you would make a sarcastic comment or become irritated or maybe cry. And as a result, it becomes or has become difficult for people to meet you authentically in what you're feeling because when you do express it, it's with it's kind of got a lid on it. You've kind of distorted the way you express the emotion because you don't really feel safe enough to express the true feeling. Another reason why you perhaps might struggle to express or feel or name the emotion and as a result it might be impacting your healing path is because the the um, the way that you've interpreted this sense, this sensation, this kind of impulse within you is that, wow, this could be so overwhelming for me. If I feel this, I'm going to open up the gates of hell and I don't know what's going to happen next. This could destroy me. This could overwhelm me, right? That is often not another thing that clients will often come to me with and they'll say, well, I just feel like if I if I start crying, I'm never going to stop. Or if I, if I express some anger, I could end up in murderous rage. Or if I start to feel this grief, I might end up in a black hole of depression that I will never get out of. And when I ask them, have you ever done it? Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever dropped into that that experience and ended up as a murderous, uh, raging human being? Or ended up in such a deep grief and dark hole of depression that you've not been able to get yourself out of? Have you actually experienced that? Most of the time, 90% of the time, they say, no, I haven't. And what you can see here is that the mind is protecting the heart. The mind is protecting the body. The mind is saying, if you do this, then that. But there's, but it's not based on experience. It's based on a perception. 
And that perception is fear-based perception designed to protect you, right? The 10% that have, that say, yes, I have experienced something like this and that's what scares me about connecting to an emotion or having an emotional release. When I ask them, tell me what happened when, when you found yourself in this position, the most common answer is, when I felt that emotion in the past, I was in a really dark place. I found it really difficult to get out of that place. And I felt horrible. I felt really bad. And I, and I was there for like a few months or maybe like a couple of years and I felt that way. And you know everything in my life was not going right. I just did not feel good within myself. And then all these things started happening in my life. You know, my relationship broke down. I lost my job, except my health went down, the drain, etc., etc. Right? So there's a whole load of memories that that person has connected to the emotion. If I feel sadness, I end up with all of these consequences, right? When we explore how deeply the sadness was felt or the or grief was felt or the anger was felt or the, whatever emotion it was, what actually transpires is that it was trauma trying to release from the heart, trying to release from the body, but that person was not aware. Just like when we go through the healing journey, there's certain things, especially at the beginning of the healing journey, that we are just not aware is a trauma response. We are not aware that that emotion connects to anything else. We just find ourselves in a really dark place. And then suddenly things start falling apart. So of course, we start to associate that emotion with the experience of my life falls apart. I get destroyed. So therefore, I can't cry because if I cry, I might end up like I was 10 years ago, right? Again, all of this is important information because it's telling you why you are resisting your own emotions. And that is also part of your healing journey. A lot of the reason why it's difficult to feel the emotion clearly is because it's so buried, it's so suppressed, or it's, so, it's become so distorted with other um, memories and sensations and other maybe pain in the body or other levels of dysfunction in the body at a physical level, that when you feel into it, it feels like this huge thing. It feels like this huge thing is going to unravel within me. And then what? Who will I be? And that's why it's really important to start working with your emotions and to start creating a space that you can heal in on a long-term basis. Because if that's the way you're feeling, you're not going to open the floodgates and start releasing emotion in two, three sessions. It's going to take you time. It's going to take time for your nervous system to learn safety at an embodied level. And it's going to take time for you to trust that what you're feeling is important that what you're feeling is relevant, that what you're feeling is healing, that what you're feeling is not re-traumatizing you, that what you're feeling is not a punishment, that what you're feeling is actually intelligent and is actually designed to help you heal and clarify yourself. It's information. Now, part of this is psychological. You need to get to the point where psychologically 
you have at least accepted that you have emotions there buried and suppressed that you need to bring up to the surface. If you're not even at that point, if you're not at that place of realisation yet, where you can understand the link between emotional trauma and emotional pain and your physical symptoms or your current predicament, you're going to have to do some um, exploratory work in order to get clearer on that. So what I'm going to be talking about is what that exploratory work can look like for you and help you to do that in a way that is actually at your own pace, right? So say, for example, you, you know at some level you have some really difficult emotions buried inside you, you don't know what they relate to, you don't really know how they feel, you don't know what happens when you start to feel it and you start to release it because you never have. So this is a lifetime of suppressed emotional pain, right? Step one, let yourself accept that you have a lifetime of suppressed emotional pain. And step two, don't think there's anything unusual about you for having this, for feeling this way, right? If you think you're the only human being who has this level of emotional pain inside them and you're so different to everybody else, it's going to make it much more difficult for you to accept that and then start working on it. Instead, when you say, okay, well, actually, we all have emotional pain. We all have a level of suppressed emotional pain. We, everyone has trauma that they are either actively working through or that they could be actively working through, right? You kind of normalise how you feel. And that will help you to stop looking at your symptoms and getting labels for your symptoms that then become your identity. And it will help you to actually be more compassionate and realistic with yourself. So that's the, the first and the second step. When you've accepted that this is part of being human, this is part of growing as a human and evolving and freeing your heart, feeling your heart, being able to love, being able to receive love. This is all part of the journey, right? So you're there right now, for example. You've accepted that, you've digested that, and you're like, okay, this is where I am, where I am at. But I still can't feel it. And I definitely can't release it. The next thing that I would recommend you do is and I do recommend, I do give this um, practice to my clients, especially if this is what they're experiencing, is to keep a seven-day emotional diary. And sometimes clients are like, oh, I don't know how to write in a diary. I don't know how to journal. I don't have time to journal, etc., etc. You don't need to have time to journal. This is a minimalist's emotional diary, right? All you're going to do every day is you're going to write down three emotions that you feel you're not going to do anything about it every day it doesn't matter what time you do it when it when it strikes you when the feeling starts to arise when you start to sense okay i sense that mm, i've got that feeling just write down the feeling 
you might not even be writing down an emotion, right, for the first few days. You might just be writing down a sense perception. You might just be writing down a word. It might be a random word. It doesn't matter. Your job is to log every day three things. When you, when you do that every day for seven days, I guarantee you, after seven days, you're going to see a pattern. You're going to start to go, oh, there are some recurring themes here. I'm, I'm actually writing down the same words every day, right? If these words happen to be an emotion, then you've had your first breakthrough, which is you can identify the emotion. This in itself is not necessarily straightforward and easy for people, right? That's why I'm really breaking it down on this podcast for you. Because it's, it's, a, it's like a take it for granted that you can name the emotion, right? And that you, you know what you're feeling. And this is not always the case, especially if there's extreme trauma, dissociation, if the trauma has happened in utero, if the trauma has um, been an, an carried ancestrally through the lines, if there is, um, if you're quite new to the healing work and you haven't really had space held for you to do that emotional healing part, it's not easy to name the emotion, right? Your mind will jump in and say, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is that an emotion? Is that an em- I don't know what, you know, just stress, you know, just feel stressed or I just feel, just feel bored. I just write down bored every day, right? The point is, you're going to learn. You don't need to know. You don't need to be right. You don't need to be wrong. You just need to write down three things every day. And then at the end of seven days, you're looking back and you're saying, Okay, I'm looking back through every page and I'm going to find the common themes. When you find them, write down a couple. Write down a couple of things that are coming up time and time again because there will be patterns. The reason there will be a pattern, a clear pattern, is because if you have not healed, that pain or that emotion has not been allowed to be expressed. It's going to recur It's sitting in your nervous system, it's in your heart, and it's just going to come up time and time again, which is why it agitates you, which which is why it hurts you, which is why it feels like it's insurmountable, an insurmountable block, because it's constantly there. So when you start to look at what's constantly there over the short period of seven days, you'll be able to identify a couple of things, right? When you've identified these two things, ask yourself, is this an emotion? If it's not an emotion, if you've written down bored and restless, or if you've written down distracted and confused, these are more like mental states, right? These aren't emotional states. So what you can then identify is that you're able to at least log your mental state for seven days. Well done, right? Then you want to do it for another seven days and see if you can start to explore emotions, keep it basic, right? When I was doing my um, psychotherapy training and my first year counselling training, we, we were taught what an emotion is because we didn't know, right? Very few people know what an emotion is. And I remember the, the teacher telling us, keep it simple. Everything is on a spectrum. You don't need to know the whole spectrum. You just need to be able to clearly name whether you're feeling happy, angry, joyful, scared, um, sad, like there are like five, six basic emotions, right? 
keep it simple. If you, you can also see the whole spectrum of emotion. You just type in Google spectrum of emotions and you'll get these beautiful multicolored charts that show you how, um, you know, anger is a spectrum from mild frustration, perhaps, or annoyance, all the way to raging inferno, right? So become emotionally aware. That's the point. Become emotionally articulate. And believe it or not, this is very powerful, not just for you to heal yourself, but for you to have better relationships, right? Because often to resolve conflict in a partnership or in a family, you need to be able to go to the emotional level. If every time somebody asks you what's happening with you, how you're feeling, you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Or you look at the outside world and you go, I don't know. Well, you know, look at what's going on in the world. Or I don't know. Look at, uh, it's raining today. Like, you're, you're not really allowing anyone into your heart. You're not allowing your heart to connect to them. Or you're not allowing yourself to be met because you're not opening that emotional aspect of yourself because you can't feel it or you don't know how to talk about it. So developing this emotional um, coherency and this emotional language is important, not just for your healing, but also for your relationships. When you've done that, say you have identified a couple of emotions. You say, okay, well, what I've written down throughout the week, I've written down that I feel... um, I feel sad and I feel hopeless, say. So sad and hopeless are your two emotions, perhaps. Whatever they are. The next thing that you can do, bear in mind at this point where you're at is you can't actually feel it. You can just identify it and maybe you can sense a little bit of it. You can't actually really feel into it. Before you jump into trying to feel hopelessness or before you jump in before your nervous system is ready to trying to feel this sadness right prepare yourself psychologically because if your body has never felt this fully you've never processed this never come up to the surface and you say i'm going to go in and i'm going to dive in and i'm going to feel sadness and this is all very new you want to prepare yourself how do you prepare yourself You've got to find something to identify with, right? First, we have to identify in order to disidentify. If you don't identify with sadness, you will never be able to heal it. If you don't identify with hopelessness, how will you be able to heal it, right? You're not, you're not connecting to it. You haven't accepted it. You don't know how it relates to you. So you push it away. You'd be like, I don't, that's got nothing to do with me right? The first step is you need to identify. And the way we identify is psychologically. Most of the way we identify with things and become attached to things is psychologically and then emotionally. So you're going to say, you're going to ask yourself about this sadness, about this hopelessness, or about this anger, and about this frustration, or about this grief, or about this, um, uh, whatever the emotion is, you're going to say, when you look back onto your life, particularly your childhood, has this emotion come up before? Have you ever felt this before? Chances are you're going to write yes. So now you're allowing yourself to accept that this feeling is not just now. It's not just new. 
right? This feeling has been there before, yeah? Starting to relate deeper. Then you want to start exploring when in your life did you feel this? What was going on for you? You can start, if you can't go all the way back to childhood because it's too scary, right? Or it's too, um, often with trauma, there's missing memories, like many years of missing memories in childhood. So maybe you're like, well, I just can't even remember what it was like for me below the age of 10, right? So how can I go back to my my baby self? I don't really remember anything. Don't You don't have to try to dig into memories. You can start in your current life. When did you last feel sad? When, And just make some notes for yourself. What age were you? What ages are coming up? And what I like to do with my clients is to do this work without them thinking about it too much, right? I always say, and those of you who've worked with me will know, like one of the things I say a lot is don't use your mind, just say it. Just say whatever number comes, say whatever comes up right now. Like, don't think about it. Don't judge yourself. Just put it out there and we'll make sense of it later. So I say, pick some numbers. Which numbers are coming up? Which ages are coming up? And they'll say 14. I say, what else? And they'll say 17. Say, okay, one more number. They'll say four. Okay, 14, 17 and four. Write it down. I want you to do this practice for yourself and do it without digging too much if you're sitting there go mm, what age what number what number mm, what age you're basically you're using your mind and your mind is constantly trying to keep you protected from the trauma memories so by sitting there and prolonging the process of picking three numbers right you could pick lottery numbers faster so just go with the process put just slap three numbers down on the page right when you have these numbers, come back to this a different day, right? Don't try and do this all in one sitting because you will end up starting to use your mind, starting to get overwhelmed, confused, starting to overanalyze. Come back to this, these three numbers a different day. Maybe leave a couple of days in between. What you're going to do then is your subconscious mind is going to start bringing up awareness. You're going to become more aware of these ages, when you become aware of these ages, memories are going to come, flashes, flash, not necessarily flashbacks, but flashes, insights. I don't really like the term flashback, right? I just think it's your, it's your consciousness that is, that is um, becoming more available to you because you have heightened your self-awareness, that's all. Um, so when you get these three numbers, you come back a couple of days later, you're going to go, okay, I sit down and I look at number 17, and I reflect on what was going on in my life at 17 years old. I reflect on what was going on when I was 14. I reflect on what was going on when I was four. What was going on in your life, right? Start there. Write down three things for each age. Okay, at 17, I left university or I went to university or I didn't go to university or I went traveling. Whatever it is, write down just three things for each age that you remember, right? Because as soon as you start doing this, you are going to encounter the trauma, the memories, right? It's going to come up. When I do this with my clients, they immediately start, oh, yeah, and 
at 17, I had my first breakup and it was really difficult for me. Or, oh, at four years old, I remember my parents got divorced and I don't really remember any emotions at the time. I don't remember what I felt, but I, I remember my parents got divorced. Oh, and I remember there being a lot of shouting in the house. Suddenly they're starting to piece together the trauma narrative, right? This happens spontaneously. This happens very quickly. Write down whatever comes up. And again, give yourself some space. Come back to this. Come back to this at a time when you feel a little bit more settled, a little bit more compassionate, where you can sit with, this, with your journal and you can say, okay, I'm looking now at my notes and I'm seeing sadness and I'm seeing age four, age 17, age um, 14, whatever ages are that come up for you. And I'm seeing these life events and I'm recalling memories now and I'm recalling what was really going on for me as a four-year-old, what was really happening in my life. Now, often, if a client has, has got this far, and if you've got this far, but still, still the, the emotional suppression is still so deep because nothing has been processed, right? What will happen is they'll be like, okay, I remember four years old, my parents got divorced, there was a lot of crying in the house, but I don't remember feeling anything. I don't have any emotions about that. I don't really feel sad about that. I don't really feel anything about that. Now, that's often what will happen because that's the protection mechanism, right? You did not feel safe enough to feel anything about that or you didn't know how to feel anything about that because you didn't know what was going on. And maybe all you sensed in your little baby body was fear. And so the fear had to be shut down to protect you, to keep you, survive, to keep you in a survival state, right? So you wouldn't have a meltdown. So it's kind of natural and normal. And the deeper the fear, the deeper the trauma, the less you're going to be able to identify and relate to it, right? If it was not traumatic, someone who has been through something that wasn't deeply traumatizing can talk about it and say, yeah, I remember this happened and I ended up feeling really sad and I, I ended up crying and I think I cried for a couple of weeks and I felt really bad. I didn't really eat much and um, I did feel heartbroken and then um, etc. Et and they'll tell you the story of their emotional story. When people do not tell you and cannot share, and when you find yourself being unable to share with other people the emotional component of your story, you're just like, I don't know, or I've never really thought about that, or um, I didn't even know that I had any emotions around that event, but it was clearly a big and important life event because it's come up for you, and it's clearly something that would have affected you, then you're looking at your own protection mechanism, right? And then you're going to go into the next level deeper. So however you've arrived at this point in your exercise, my recommendation is to give yourself some time and space. Come back to it and start to then really ask yourself, if you can't identify with this four-year-old, with this 17-year-old, with this 14-year-old, with, with this 34-year-old, with this 44-year-old, 55, whatever, if you cannot identify and empathise, right, if you cannot identify, then empathise. That's my suggestion. If you're there going, well, I don't really know what I feel. I don't really feel anything. So how am I supposed to bring up these emotions related to this traumatic experience that I don't really even feel is traumatic, right? You need to be able to empathise. 
So what I invite you to do is to imagine if this was a little four-year-old that you met, maybe a friend's child or maybe your own child, and this had happened to them, whatever it is that you're working through, whatever event you've written down, this was a 20s, however, 17-year-old, and this had happened to them, how do you imagine they might feel? Write, write it down. Because you can always, it's always easier to imagine and empathise with somebody else than it is to imagine and empathise with your own inner child, right? Until you develop that emotional um, receptivity to be able to connect with your own inner child and feel that. At the beginning, it's gonna, you're going to have to use your imagination. You're going to have to imagine, how would it feel for a four-year-old? How would it feel for my child? How would it feel for my, a teenager? Just from an intellectual level, at least put something down on the paper and write it down. Okay, well, they might feel, and what you're going to come up with are the emotions that you have essentially written down at the beginning of this practice. You're probably going to write down things like sad. You're probably going to write down things like, um, you know, alone, angry, um, hurt, fearful, etc. So now you're starting to get into it, right? Now you're starting to create a clear, clearer trauma narrative. So you've gone from, I don't know what I'm feeling or how to feel it or how to release it or what it relates to, to, oh, actually, I have an idea about what my feelings, my internal sensations, what they could be related to. And I can empathize and understand how that might be true because I'm at least able to observe and reflect that if that was any other human being that they might end up feeling that way right when you've got that down the next step is to ask yourself could it be true could it be possible that you have felt that way if it's true for any other three-year-old four-year-old if it's true for any other 17 year old that they would end up feeling that way could it be true that that's how you felt then comes radical honesty, radical self-honesty. If you want to go there, right, if you want to heal, you're going to find yourself saying yes. You're going to say, yeah, I can see how that would be true for me. I can see how my um, 17-year-old would have been heartbroken and would have felt alone going through her first breakup or his first breakup on their own. Or I can see how my four-year-old would have felt sad hear, and scared hearing their parents argue and then ending up with the family separating. I can, I can really now connect to that. And now what you have is the ability to talk about your trauma from an emotionally intelligent perspective by saying, I know and understand that I'm holding sadness because of these reasons, Right? You're starting to go deeper into the root causes and have empathy for yourself because so many people and women in particular are used to empathizing with other people, with their children, with their neighbor's children, with everybody else except themselves, right? This self-sacrificing behavior of being able to empathize with everyone else's pain except being able to meet your own is not a it, it's not a um a nourishing 
or or um, supportive mechanism is actually a mechanism of self-betrayal. Because every time you're able to relate to someone else's pain, but you're unable to relate to your own, you're just betraying your own self. You're betraying, you're leaving yourself, right? It's like sidestepping. You've got you there with stuff to feel, right? And you sidestep it automatically and focus on other people. And you don't have to do that, right? When you put yourself first and centre, you can allow yourself to empathise with yourself first and foremost. And then when you've healed and loved that aspect of yourself, it's so much easier to empathise with other people, right? And you need to do both, of course, right? But allow yourself to do it for yourself. So when you say yes to that part of your healing journey, suddenly you're working at a whole different level. Suddenly you're working with a trauma-informed perspective and emotional receptivity. And this is really where your healing work is going to begin, right? When you're able to come in and openly say, this is what I went through. This is what, what, what the ages were. This is how what was going on in my life. And this is how I, fe- I felt at the time. Or this is how I imagined I felt. And I sense how that is still my current feeling. I still feel these emotions today because I've done this exercise and I recognise that out of seven days of the week, I felt this five days, right? And I'm ready to heal this. When you're able to bring that to your therapist, right? You're going to have sessions which are so much deeper than you've ever experienced before because now you're really working with your heart. Now you're really working with healing and growing and expanding beyond your trauma, right? And when you do that, you start to understand why the trauma happened and what it's teaching you and how it's actually catalyzing your growth, your self-development, your deepening, your role, your path, your purpose. And then you will understand by going through that healing process. Then your body naturally is going to start, oh, okay, it's, it's time now. We're already talking about this. We're talking about this openly. Like it's not a guarded secret anymore. It's not a buried, um, it's not buried anymore. It's coming up to the surface and your body will naturally, your nervous system will naturally want to move through the release process, Right? The release process will happen somatically and emotionally and energetically when you've already arrived at this level of awareness of what your trauma narrative is. And then your body will start releasing. Yeah. And then you will start being able to cry and being able to flow. And then you will start being able to create a deeper sense of yourself, your security, your safety. When you release these emotions, you become you become safe within yourself because you're not scared of your own emotional reaction. You'll be able to develop deeper connections with people because when they ask you how you are, you're able to explain. You you know what your needs are. You know what your emotional needs are. So many of us have developed big vocabularies around what our needs are intellectually, financially, etc. But with our own um, 
relationships, we're not experiencing the emotional component. The emotional needs are not being met because we don't know how to communicate that because we don't know what they are in the, within ourselves, right? How can you ask for your emotional, um, how can you be asked to, how can you expect to be met emotionally if you don't quite know what you're feeling in that moment? It's going to be a mystery to the other person. And it's going to leave you feeling very alone, right? It's going to be leave you feeling very alone. And you don't have to be alone in your emotional world. And this is really the power of doing deep trauma release somatically and emotionally and also working energetically to identify where those imprints still remain in your energy field vibrating through you. This is because you're going... You're taking now something that was buried and maybe more subtle, maybe more uh, of a mystery to you, maybe more elusive and uncertain and scary. And you're taking all of that. You're going through this process that I've outlined on this podcast for you. You're taking that uncertainty and you're creating the foundations for your healing work to be done. And you're doing it with process, with compassion, with awareness that you will get to that place where you become free and safe within your own emotional body. And when you're free and safe within your own emotional body, and your nervous system has released and has reintegrated the charge from past memories and trauma and has become, <coughs> excuse me, still, when your nervous system has become still, then you're going to start experiencing your life differently. You're going to start experiencing what you truly want to in your reality. So this is a great practice for you. Please try it and take your time with it. If you do this with real focus, dedication, commitment to yourself, to healing yourself, if you say yes to yourself, you say, yes, I want to heal myself and I want to go through this process and I want to do it. And you start This will take you three weeks max. And for those of you who've been spending years going around in therapies and not actually getting any releases, not having any type of reintegration happening in your your body, in your life, not having your symptoms resolve, still carrying the same pain. If you've been doing this for years, to spend, to do this practice and really dedicate yourself to it, in three weeks, you can be in a completely different place within yourself, ready to release and go deeper, right? This is a three-week practice, maximum. Three weeks compared to years and compared to holding a lifetime of trauma in your body. And it's free. If you really, really want to heal, you'll do this practice, right? And if you have done this and you want to um, go deeper and you want to now start to release trauma somatically and you want to heal emotionally and you want to cultivate a deeper sense of safety and trust and cultivate your true power and spiritually expand into areas that you previously would never be able to even perceive or sense or feel because of the numbness and the shutdown and the um, the trauma. If you want to really go on this growth journey, then reach out to me and get in touch, let me know how this practice has been for you, let me know 
what you've discovered, what you found, and we will we will take that and incorporate it into a treatment plan and a program for you that is really designed to get you into your next chapter of life where you really feel free. And if you want to read about what people experience when they, they come and join my programs and they do this healing work and they heal at the depth that I hold them in, the depth of safety that I hold them in, and they feel that and they know, their body knows, I can unravel here. You will read testimonials and watch videos on my website of amazing human beings who have talked about how their entire lives have changed and their bodies have released entire lifetimes of trauma and pain in a matter of weeks. Because this is the depth that we work at here. And when you come prepared, when you come sincere, when you come ready to do this for yourself and to give yourself this gift, you do it for you, there is no limit to what you can do in this field that I hold for you. So book a consultation call with me. Bring your notes from this three-week discovery. Share with me what you found and we will put together an amazing program for you, personalised, tailored to you, and you will go on a journey of a lifetime, a healing journey of a lifetime. And I look forward to meeting you. If that's you and you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I want to do this and I want to reach out, I want to see if this is right for me, listen to your body, listen to your gut, come with clear healing goals, come with big healing goals, right? And we'll have a great conversation. We'll make sure that this is the right path for you. And um, and I can't wait to meet you. So I hope you found this useful. I hope you found this podcast useful. Please like um, and subscribe to my podcast and follow the channel and um, and share this podcast with people that you know and love who you feel could really benefit and who you feel could really um, resonate with this because this is what they need in their life. So I love you all lots and I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.